This is a Think Live Be production. coffee yeah <laughs> we end up talking about work in some capacity most of the time because and you're like tell me something tell me something good yeah that's how I start my morning no no um sometimes I need to be reminded of the big picture because the day-to-day can get a little um monotonous no that's not the right word it's tedious boring well you can lose sight of what it is that you're trying to why you're doing all of this is that what you mean yeah yeah i think that's that's it like it's really sure that happens to everybody except for me (laughs) but it's really easy to to like get up and be like oh yeah well yeah of course you're not going to be in a great mood every day and not want to you know and and you're that's couple things that's a really hard thing for a single agent to do because there's no one there's no one telling them hey get out of bed and go do that you have to tell yourself those things right and if you're in a bad mood or you're just not feeling it and stuff it's really easy to just walk away that's hard what's also hard is the situation that you're in which is you've got responsibilities to other people because you have buyers agents that are looking for leads. You have admin people that you have to pay based off of the leads that come in and the closings that happen. So there's a, a guilt that's going to wash over you no matter what position you're in, whether you have a team of 30 people or you're just a single agent, you know? So, but I think that happens to everybody um, being Owning your own business like that is, I think, is, well, there, it's all on, kind of on your shoulders. Whereas if you work for a widget company and you say, I, you love these widgets. Well, I just go back to it. About- yeah. But if you work for a widget company and you're like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it today. They just fire you and, you, and they move on with their day. Well, so, but that doesn't happen when you're your own boss. No one's going to fire you. You're your own boss. So, so that putting all of that onto your shoulders on a daily basis. It's like sometimes you can have a bad day and sometimes you can just not be feeling it and and you just have to be okay with that and not spiral. Well, um yeah, but I guess so I'm I've been studying a lot and I always have found the personality assessments like the disc profile and we have the KPA, the Keller personality assessment and all those things I find really interesting. And I like to study them about people and I like to know what people's profiles are. And and the more as we grow a team and the more people that I interact with and have hired over the years, I I feel like I've gotten better at identifying how that lines up with the job. Mm-hmm. And because we all have a job to do and we all have a role. You in, all have different jobs. To and, do. and we each have a different job. And we... I, I just feel like I've started to sort of get it and see, okay, I get why this person maybe is is well suited for this or or why I'm not going to hire that person because this is not going to work for them. Don't, mm. They're never going to be happy or, doing or this. Let's hire this person, but 
this part of the job might be a little iffy for them. And so then we know what to kind of keep our eye on to see how right. that, how that, how that affects that, that whatever that happens to be, whether it's, well, you know, I don't want to be around uh, a lot of people or what, you know, whatever, the, whatever the, that happens to be and you can keep your eye on it. Yeah. Um, the, true, true. So you could hire somebody that has maybe like a, a few mismatches in their personality, as long as they're not critical components of the job. Right. And actually, that's what's really great I about hate sales. <laughs> OK, well. <laughs> well, and it's not because listen. Well, that's I'm talking about. I went straight to like buyer. Buyer's I know. Agent, I know. But, you know. Well, so. OK. Individual agent. You can not like sales and still be successful because there's more to the job if you're your own boss and running your own business and you're a single agent, there's lots of aspects to the job besides sales. So if you're good at everything else and the sales part, that whatever that is, that one-on-one kind of, I'm standing in line at the post office and I'm like, what do you do? <laughs> I'm and, and you're giving cards. There's a type of person that's like that. You don't have to be that person to be successful in real estate. Of course. Right? But if you are that kind of person... That might make you successful on that on sales in real estate, but maybe the other stuff, the business stuff, they're really bad at. Well, you know, so you have it's gotta kind of be a blend. So on the the disc, so I'll just kind of go through a couple things. The disc personality assessment, we've talked about this this one before, um, with it, how it relates to clients, but when it comes to like knowing yourself and knowing other team members as you're hiring people. The, the DISC profile is really simple because it's just four letters and it's basically just an acronym that you have to remember. And but what I had learned not not that long ago, actually, and I thought it was really interesting was that. <laughs> and dog just jumped <laughs> under her microphone. Sorry, guys. These are the you know, these are the problems with home having a studio home studio. Yeah. Um. The the DISC profile stands for D, which is decisive or driver personality. Um, and then the I is an influencer, or you might know that person as like an outgoing personality that would like hand out the card. What the you just office. described, yeah. right? And then I F- only say that because I'm was in the post office many, many years ago and there was <laughs> a realtor in front of me and she let all 30 people in there know that she was a realtor and pass cards out to everybody. And I was just, um, I was like, wow, that is very different than Catherine's approach. <laughs> well, first of all, let and me so tell I you. I always kind of go back to that. Now, I, I was annoyed and stuff. I was like, do you really think anyone is going to call you? You've monopolized 30 people. They just want to get in and sell their packages and get out. You're annoying everybody in here. Um, so, you know, there's a there that's not necessarily a good thing. Well, let me just tell you what that person was doing wrong. <laughs> and that is that she wasn't getting their contact info. She was giving right. her card out yeah. and now she has no way to reach out to them to follow up. So we say all the time fortune is in the follow up. That is that person didn't get any business from that interaction. Yeah, you might as well have <laughs> dropped a bunch of business cards out of an airplane. Um, but so that but that's that person. You that one's really easy to identify that influencer outgoing kind of person. Um, it's what I, I think it's what people think of when they think of sales and why they don't like salespeople. Yeah. And then, and then you have S, which is steady. That person needs a, a, a steady, stable environment. Um, they're not necessarily going to be suited for sales. Because, because there is not the a steady, steady paycheck. Right? paycheck. 
And then there's C, which is a high, like a cautious person, somebody that is going to um, take time to decide. They need all the facts and figures. They're very analytical. Those are, it's a really easy way to kind of think about people and personality is that, that disc profile. And so we, in hiring, we use wise hire to filter in candidates and they promote it to, uh, we're not sponsored by wise hire. I wish we were. (laughs) And uh, because I'm plugging their website, but we use it because it's a platform for filtering in candidates from various um, job websites. Mm -hmm. And then it also makes them take a disc assessment. And then it basically profiles like this person's personality to the job that we've posted. And so it's really interesting to see like if somebody applies to a um, a buyer's agent job, for example, they might not be a high match if they're um, and there's different things. But if if some of the things that that apply to them are they need reassurance and they need um, steady and those kinds of things, they might not show up as a high match for a buyer's agent because no one's following a buyer's agent around saying, hey, good job on that. Good well, job. Well, in reassurance, I actually meant like... Um, no, I meant as... was a reassurance. It was... What was the other thing you said? I was reassurance and... Um, what did I say? Oh, steady and stable. Oh, okay. But the... Um, <laughs> The, the reassurance part isn't necessarily somebody coming behind you saying a uh, good job. It's more about reassurance in your job and oh, your okay. stability in the job and, and knowing like when that next paycheck is coming. All of those steady, stable things. Somebody was probably going to show up as low match because it's sales and all sales jobs, if you're commission based, can have fluctual fluctuality fluctuations that's not a word is it fluctuality no. <laughs> did that i just make not, up a word well you said <laughs> gibberish that's kind of sounds like a word <laughs> this is gonna have fluctuations and um it varies right and so that person's gonna kind of show up uh, as a little bit of a lower match mm-hmm. now what you have to kind of decide for the role that you're hiring though what's most important and then the, what, what about that's for the role you're hiring but what about like I'm sure there's people listening to this that are going to go disc assessment and then after this podcast is over they're going to type into Google disc assessment I want to know what I am and stuff so what happens if like I'm a real estate agent or I'm on a team or I'm thinking about joining a team or any of those things and they get their disc assessment back and it's like ooh, <laughs> that's not what I wanted to see like does that mean that that I should quit. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean, or just like, or do I need to f- rethink what I'm doing or do we, I, I guess what I'm saying is you you don't, you don't aren't hard and fast with, with every single one of these. You kind of use them as a guide, but not necessarily as a map. Yeah, for sure. No, you, know, you shouldn't quit just because, um, or even if you're in a position like you're in where you're hiring people, you don't necessarily, just say, oh, this came back wrong. I'm not interested in this person. Or do you? I don't know. Um. So yes and no. Like, okay. So if I'm just scanning resume, so the, we're we're kind of all over the place. So let me just let me let me no notes. Let me rain rain you in. Is <laughs> the the uh in wise hire they apply the candidate to this assessment. And it is a good first look into whether or not this person could be a match for that job. It is not the end all be all, 
But let me tell you, like if I see somebody's resume and I'm not that impressed and they're a low match, I'm probably just going to reject it. Oh, I see. They have no experience, no sales experience. They just barely, they just have a license or they're thinking about getting their license, that kind of a thing. Yeah. So And they're a low match then. Well, so think about it. Like if I were to go out and um, let's say I decided um, I want to work for somebody else and I don't want to own my own team anymore and I go apply for a job and they put my disc personality in there. Well, I don't know. It depends on the job. But like, what if I come back as a low match? But I've been in real estate for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I have a track record of success. So they might still give me a chance, even if my profile doesn't match up perfectly, because I've proven that that didn't actually impact my ability to succeed. Right. It just took me longer <laughs> or whatever, you know. And so it just depends on a lot of things. Like, what does the resume say? How low of a match is it? What are the mismatches within the report and how crucial are they to the job? Mm -hmm. Same thing with the KPA. So that's like the first sort of screening. And if they pass the initial screen, then I want a phone call with them, right? Then I'm going to phone screen them. And then on the phone screen, you're just trying to make sure they're like a normal human being and then that they do what they say they're going to do, right? So if I'm I'm supposed to call you at three you answer the phone and you've scheduled your appointment with me and how often do you have a scheduled appointment and call at three and nobody answers the phone um and then they they call right back or they don't call back at all or it it happens not that frequently but like too much i would say (laughs) like too much for people who are looking for a job out there um but the phone screen, it is, it's just like a few questions just to kind of get a gauge of 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 things and also to just kind of validate the resume. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those resumes, it's like, it says um, Florida real estate license and it says that they have one and then you talk to them and it's like, no, they're just pursuing it. But yet some, for some reason they put it on their resume. Yeah. And it's like, you, but you don't have one yet. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't actually have a license. Anyway, so you're just kind of screening that whole thing and deciding, is this somebody I want to move on to the next step? And then the, so the, the disc personality profile, I think works well to just sort of initially screen people. The KPA that we have access to with the Keller personality assessment, that is way more in depth and applies to specific real estate roles. You can use the disc with any job Mm-hmm. Any any personality assessment, or it's just a personality assessment. You can use it for anything. Um, the KPA, though, is specific to real estate. So when I get a copy of that, it actually outlines for me mm-hmm. which are, um, it, it, it determines if you're a low, medium, or high match based on the mismatches of where they found people successful in this role fall into. Mm-hmm. So they've studied thousands and thousands of people and they have ranges where you should fall with things like adaptability, mm-hmm. rapid problem solving, logical problem solving, uh, responsiveness, intensity, all of these different factors that come into play in the work environment and how if, if you're successful in this role, um, where it should fall. And isn't like the, the disc assessment versus the KPA, like the disc assessment you can take really pretty quickly and the KPA is a much longer, more in depth. I think I've taken the, taken that before. I've made you take them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, 
Yes, the KPA takes like about an hour so or more. It, well, I think the and I think the idea behind that, I'm not sure, but I, it wears you down. So you could fake. It wears you down. Well, you could fake. <laughs> I don't the, know if that's the intention. Well, I I I think that there's an element of that in there that that we're gonna ask. A, so many questions that after a while, even if you're trying to put up a front of what you think you're supposed to answer, you uh, will, at the end of the day, it will all average out and we'll get exactly what your personality is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't know if that's true, but that's an interesting thought. <laughs> um, but what what's interesting, though, is I've started to realize over time there are some things for me that I don't care if it even shows up in the job. I just want to work with people who have like a high level of this. And um, one of the things is logical problem solving. There are certain roles where apparently you don't need to be a particularly like high, at a high level with logical problem solving. Mm-hmm. I have found though that I want anybody that works for me to have the ability to logically problem solve. I, I want you to be resourceful and think through things and be able to take things apart and come up with solutions. It does seem weird. Yeah. Like in the in the real estate world, that it doesn't matter if you're an ISA or an admin or a, a transaction coordinator or or an agent. You've got there's gonna be at some point problems that need to be figured out and there's not gonna be anybody there to do it except for you. So, I think what, and, I mean, I and guess, why I've decided I guess if you were a runner and you basically went and put signs in the yard and, um, you know, put lock boxes on houses, you wouldn't have to be a logical, you wouldn't have to be a problem solver as much. Like you could probably get by with a low score, lower score on that. But outside of that, I can't think of anything, whether it's marketing or anything, you have to be able to. Well, even just like day to day scheduling. Yeah. Like you need to be able to break things down and say, okay, I need to be in three places today. How am I going to, how am I going to make this work? And so there's just certain things that I've discovered that I don't really care if, if they fall within the range that the test says, it's just, it's what I need to see. Another one would be like a responsiveness because responsiveness, if I remember correctly, and I might be thinking of the wrong thing, but like it's it's the speed to which you respond or like maybe maybe it's not the speed the speed might might not be the right word but it's it's being the urgency yeah. that you feel when somebody says hey can you go can you grab that or do you think you can get to this like yeah now you, that now, can be and what you put on yourself of oh my god i need to get this done now that can be person. a detriment i actually yes, was it can be i was but, i i want people with a high level of responsiveness and here's why because I've been researching my own KPA again and I go back and read that thing and guess where my level of responsiveness is. It's like almost at the very tip top of the the scale. And and mine is too. Yeah. Both of us are like that. So when, when somebody, when I like send a message out (laughs) and I don't get (laughs) like, and well, when you, when you have expectations of, of people on the team, who don't have the who don't have that the, the, to that yeah. high? Then it's like it for you. It's actually been fifteen minutes, but for you, it feels like it's been three hours. Yeah. Like why isn't that done yet? Oh, I sometimes look like, and this isn't like all my team members for the most part. I think do have like a, a decent level of responsiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because but, it's important to you because it's part of your 
philosophy. No, no, well, it's like the mi- part of the mission of Think Live Be is to be responsive. Right. Quickly. To do what you say you're going to do in the time promise. Right. right? And right. it that's doesn't say Im- the time promise has to be like immediate. Right. But, it's- but it's that's an important thing. So you, you've you oh, naturally just hire those people. Yeah. I try to find those people. And then. um so I, I was the other day I sla- I did a Slack message to ask a question and uh, and I it like waited for a little while to get a response. And, and I was like, what? Why haven't I gotten a response yet? And I looked and it had only been like four minutes. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say I didn't hit enter. No, no, no. no, <laughs> like it's, no. It was still sitting there. No, no, no. But now, for my team, again, they they all respond in a timely manner for the most part, and so that's not like a knock on them. But it was it was just that's that's me, like that's my personality, and so I need people who also are like that because number one, I want that that to be the experience for other people, but it can be a detriment because what happens to us? Well, it's really easy to get off your schedule, right? Like, and so what are what are some of my biggest struggles? Staying on schedule as a real estate agent. Yeah, staying do time blocking and staying in those time blocks. But awareness is key. Mm-hmm. You know, if you yeah. know, if you know what, if you really understand your own self and your own personality, and then you know where the your um, issues lie too. Like, am I a high match for what I'm doing? And if I'm a high match for a single agent, by the way. And one of the one of the reasons is probably because I I like I want to do things my way. Like I have my own set of standards you, you for have things. A really hard time going in with to somebody else's team and them saying, "Okay, so here I know you have experience, but I want you to throw everything that you've done away, and you're going to do it our way." Yeah, well, I wouldn't be able to do it at this point in my career, but I but I I wonder if I ever could have because. Because there are, and I've, I've looked at all of the assessments for other, uh, you know, other people that I've hired and people that work for me now. And, and there's sometimes it's a low match for a single agent. And I can totally see that. I can see why those people need that environment mm-hmm. of, um, you know, that interaction, that engagement from other people. I don't need that. I personally yeah. like to do, to do what I need to do. I like to do it on my own terms. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I mean, that's, if you know that about yourself, then, you know, you need to look at the rest of the profile though, because yeah, you may, you may still be a better match for a team. It, it's not well, like the, that's, those are the kinds of things that you figure out where you're at if you wanted to go and join a team. And then, and then those are the questions you ask, like some teams, like we've said before on here, where everybody gets into this giant bullpen and they've got a big cowbell that rings every time someone sets an appointment and they're chest bumping and, and woohooing and all going on vacations together and that kind of a thing. Some people thrive in that environment. Other people can't stand it. So you have to kind of know where you're at and then find the team that is fits what it is that you, that fits you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I was going to read the intro and then I realized this would be a terrible transition point <laughs> to do it. We're 23 minutes in. <laughs> We get new listeners every week. Well, so Kayla's not here. So for those new (laughs) listeners, uh, this is our podcast, and it's called Seeking the Best. And we're we are we're constantly looking for ways to overcome the hurdles in this profession, both personally and professionally. Uh, I'm Catherine Stelges, 
And my director of operations, Kayla Boundy, is not here with us today, but normally she's across the way making uh, little comments here and there. <laughs> and then and then we've got... Play, playing with magnets, eating Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> and then we've got Patrick Patika, our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire. Hello. And... Um, I'm not a real estate agent. Not in real estate. He does our uh, photography. And graphic design. Graphic design, videography. Yeah. Uh, so he is real estate adjacent and, and and enveloped in it more than most real estate agents are. Well, yeah, because we're sitting here talking about it. Yeah, I, mean. I have a podcast. I have a real estate podcast. So. <laughs> but one of the things like really, truly, when when I, we say seeking the best and seeking our best and all of that is we're just constantly looking for ways to be better versions of ourselves Yes, I want to have a great, successful real estate team, but it's more about like, how can I make myself personally more effective? How can I make the team more effective? How can we grow? And so studying all these personality profiles, I'm trying to make sure that we're all using our best our best strengths mm. in our jobs. You mean individually? Individually, yeah. yeah. Because... Number one, I know that that will make everyone, you'll you'll be happier and more fulfilled if you're using your core strengths every day. Right. And, and you that your personality is in alignment with the job. Yeah, those core strengths and using those core strengths and being in alignment, all of those things, what that does is it gives you balance with everything else with your personal life. And when you have that balance, then it makes you more successful in your career. Because you have life balance with that. So that's what those things kind of all tie together. Well, and so I always like start with me and, and start with looking through my stuff. And and it's interesting, like rereading the KPA and rereading my um, the other assessment that I like. Well, I'll tell you. So my, my DISC assessment, I'm a high CD. And if you know the DISC assessment, you know, that's like a weird combo. <laughs> Right, so a C is... A highly cautious person. And a D is... A highly decisive person. So like I'm constantly in so conflict in my head. And so I can tell you if I ignore those things and I tell you who Catherine is. Catherine is the person who will... Let's say we're we're interested in... Uh, maybe in the next six months we're going to buy an investment property. Catherine makes the decision... Um, on the fly, like let's buy this house, like the, like the, it will happen that quickly. But she will then go home and do all of the math and do it twice and three and four times. But the decision's kind of like the but the decision can be made like in an instant. That's right? how we bought this house. That's how we do. Yeah, and I'm kind of the same. That's way how we do. That's how we do. <laughs> So, so, but if you, if, and so I'm ignore, I'm not really paying attention to what she said as far as like, what, what did you say? It was a C and a high D? C and a high D high, high D. But if you look at what those things are, then that's, I mean, those are the, that's her to a T. So, well, you know, what's, what's interesting is I learned, um, not that long ago and I started to say this at the beginning and then I got, got off track. Um, but I learned that you can be driven so like that that d of the disc personality you can be driven by something else so i i think that i am driven by numbers 
So I crunch numbers. How often, Pat, would you say that I'm crunching some sort of numbers? <laughs> oh, at least at least three or four times a week for extended periods of time. I like numbers. I like to crunch numbers. I'll wake up on Saturday morning, we have our coffee, and then I'm like, I'm going to go outside and crunch some numbers. <laughs> so and those numbers, when I when I put all that math together, if I whether I'm doing like budgeting or um, whatever, whatever math I'm crunching, those give me the confidence to make quick decisions. Right. I am. You know, I am. Right. Yes. You, I am driven to make that decision quickly because I already have spent, uh, you know, every couple of days yeah, crunching in, numbers that, over time. That's in the, that's in this particular scenario that I brought up. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, that that C and D um, isn't always about number crunching and and then making some large purchase knowing the the C and D can be conflicting in a lot of ways, too. Yes. It can kind of freeze you into not making any decision. Yes. So but because I know that about myself, then I know that the only way to overcome that um, that thing. So like. If I have to make a business decision, like let's say I need to fire someone. <laughs> if anyone's listening, it's none of you. Um, <laughs> well, and the, for the people who aren't listening, it could be you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say I, may, I have to make a decision to fire someone. That is going to take me a really long time to get to. And and unfortunately, that's what they the one thing they say about hiring. Well, at least it used to. Well, yes, yes. And well, I think that's true about a lot of things. Well, I'll come back to yeah. that. I'll circle back to that. But one of okay, so firing someone is a is a big deal. There's a lot of implications with that. And so that is something that would normally in the past take me a really long time to come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Not that it wouldn't have already been there. Like I would have already known I need to do this. And then I have to like convince myself. Mm-hmm how like how to do it why it needs to happen and what then am I gonna say what run over it over and over and over again and really analytically like basically analyze everything before I do it so the decision might be made quickly just like what I said right <laughs> that's exactly what I said you've already made but, the decision but then you sit down and you figure it out that's what I said about the but, buying a property yes but in in the situation for buying a property like if I saw something and I felt like we could make if I was like, let's go buy that mountain house today, we go buy a mountain house today. I have no qualms about yes, buying. Yes, but that's only because you've done the research on the other yeah, yeah, side. But- you don't just randomly say, I'm going to do this. But people, some people would yeah, yeah. without doing the other part of it. No, no, no I know. But what, I, what I'm saying is in that aspect, I can make a quick decision mm-hmm. because I have already. Yeah, done- but in this other one, you've made a quick decision. You've already, you made the decision quickly. This person's got to go. But but it has but it actually doing the thing and stuff that is that that's your research and everything. But that is what you were saying. Yeah. I'm trying to get back to is that it can it can freeze you, mm-hmm. it by having that that conflict. And so, in the past, it has held me back, mm-hmm. and I have learned through experience that is my personality at play and I have to push through that and I have to like be able to come to those conclusions more, more quickly because, um, you know, that's what they say with hiring is that you hire slowly and fire fast. Mm -hmm. And I would always do the opposite because I would go in and I would, I would know I needed to hire someone. And so I would say, yep, you'll do. (laughs) 
you'll do no but like I wouldn't it's not that I didn't give it a lot of thought I did because that's just who I am but it was like I knew I needed to hire someone and I would say I would look past some of the mismatches and tell myself it's okay right and I think the older I get and the more experienced I get with hiring this well I don't have time for it (laughs) number one I don't have time for it and number two I just realize um how detrimental that can be Mm -hmm. both to the um well, to the organization and and to, to me personally, yeah. to not really look at those mismatches and see how do these not just line up with the job? That's important because I want the person to be happy in their role and successful and productive. But how does it match with me? Because I have to work with them every day. Yeah. And maybe that becomes less important as you have a bigger team. But when you're hiring your first core few people it's really important to look through that assessment and say, what's actually important to me though? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have, there's that, that, uh, what's that called? A nomenclature of a fly in in the ointment. Yeah. Well, if the fly in the ointment is in a little one ounce jar, you got to throw all the ointment away. Right. (laughs) But if the ointment is, the size of a three gallon jug, you just have to scoop out that one little piece. So it's like, so yeah. So when you hire and you're at this small little team, having a fly in the ointment can destroy the entire team. Really you and easily. your analogies. But, Kayla would have loved that. <laughs> but if you have a big team, you know, it, it's, but the, the, then, then that one person might not do that, but then there's a whole other host of issues of, you know, that, that come into play that are different than that, you know? So yeah. What are you, what are you asking me? Oh, you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Well, you didn't say that. You don't have to (laughs) make me say it. You can just say, do you want to take a break? And I'll say, yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a break. All right, let's take a break. The Think Live B team is an Orlando based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the parks. We operate as a boutique style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Live B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Okay, so I'm going to tell you some insider secrets. (laughs) Hopefully nobody from the team is listening. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so one of... This the- person's name is Shmooley. <laughs> Shmooley. Well, I was just thinking of something that was close to somebody's name on the team. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. But um, so one of the other assessments that I really like, and I think I like... I, I just I've, I keep reading this book and reading through everybody's profiles is the strength finders, which we've talked about before. And so the KPA is really great for like for a hi- as a hiring tool. And the disc is like a preliminary sort of scan to get an idea of like, who's this person? Mm-hmm. And the strength finders, I think, is a retention and like making sure you have it's a retention tool and making sure you have people in the right seats and that they're going to be their most productive self by understanding their strengths. Mm-hmm. So I, I've made everybody take this assessment and then we actually went over it in a team meeting recently together to learn each other's strengths 
And I think that that's helpful for a couple reasons. Number one, to to see what the other people's strengths are. It's just interesting and helps you understand your team members better. It's a good bonding team building exercise. Yeah. And then it also is kind of cool because you'll see some stuff. You're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Now I see why you're a lunatic. (laughs) I see why you are the way you are. (laughs) No. Um, But it does. You're like, oh, I see. I get that. I can see how that totally applies to the job that you're doing. And And maybe if you are wise enough, you can dictate the way that you speak to or ask of the other people knowing that oh this is the way that I need to do that you know that's kind of the point yeah and stuff so. actually I've um I think one of one of my previous coaches um probably many years ago that they had that she actually is the one that told me about strength finders they had printed those out and as well as I think maybe the sort of expectations conversation part of the KPA, which it talks about how would you like me to discuss sensitive issues with you? Mm -hmm. Um, Here's how to discuss it with me. And you go back and forth so that you understand how to deal with that person. Like they're telling you. Everybody says, I would like you to be honest with me, but none of them want you to be honest with them. Oh my gosh. How many times have I heard like, don't sugarcoat it. And then you, and then you go to them directly and they're like crying. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Um. But uh, but she would actually had those printed in file folders in the office so that if you needed to communicate with somebody on the team that you could go and kind of learn a little bit more about like how is the right way to do this mm-hmm. um, and how to approach them. Well, that's very mature. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Most people don't. Well, did anyone use it? I don't I know. Don't, but I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but. In reading the strength finders, there there are things when I say a retention tool, I think like I'm looking at it now and saying, how can I use these strengths to make sure that people are engaged and doing their best work? So for example, and if if this one's listening, so be it. <laughs> I'm not gonna say names. But one of the strengths for one of our team members is is competition. Well, so I'm I'm a bit competitive too. It's not one of my top five strengths, but I'm a bit competitive too. And I like You're a bit. A bit I'm a bit competitive. And and so I enjoy like contests and and doing things like that. You wanna win. Yeah. Uh so some so, people could care less. Like it, of course. Like I don't think I'm that kind of a person where so much where it's like oh I get to win a fake contest awesome <laughs> like for me it's like that's not that would not that that wouldn't drive me to, yeah. to do anything more sure but that's the thing is like you if you're managing people you mm-hmm. should understand yeah. like what works for all of them yeah and you're going to do certain things for certain people and other things that mm-hmm. other people will enjoy and you don't care about at all yep um for sure. you it's it's kind of the same uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I totally lost my train of thought on that. Okay. You were talking about the uh, contest though. Yes. So I've started incorporating more competition contests within the organization because number one, I find it fun. It's like, I look forward to these things now, mm-hmm. but it also helps keep those people engaged that that's one of their strengths. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, like some people have discipline as a uh, strength. Well, discipline, let me read it actually from the book because I think uh, it, it just explains a lot. Um, 
So contests, they're not they're 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 not contests like a daily daily contest, or are they? They're or are they? No, well, we've talking, got we've I, got I mean, a couple. I know what you're, I know we, what you're we've doing. got a couple different things going. So like one, we've got one contest that's like a sales contest, and um, you have to beat me. Right, you have to have more beat the rainmaker. More closer, more closings. You have to bring in more business. Bring in more business. So like that's why it's beat the rainmaker. Um, so you get credit when that client is taken. Mm-hmm. If you brought in the piece of business, oh, okay. um, so so that, and then just some contests within our meetings of like you know writing up addendums and and contracts and just just and who can do it without making a mistake, yeah, kind of a thing, yeah. So just just some fun things, and again, it's it's to keep engagement, but it's also like fun for me, yeah, and it's good <laughs> team building, right? Um, and everybody learns. That's the other That's, part that I've I've found really helpful is yeah. that everybody's learning to, together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't. I feel like in this industry, you can't go a day without learning something new. That's probably one of the reasons that I like it. There's always something that's like, oh, I didn't know that, mm-hmm. or oh, that's a good idea. Um, but so so another. There's thirty. I think there's thirty nine. Strengths, and we're gonna go through each one. No, Number no, no, one. no, no, no. Okay, uh, maybe, maybe it's thirty-four. Sorry, yes, thirty-four strengths. So one of them is discipline, and this shows up on I think a couple people's profile. And the first thing in the book, I've got the little Strength Finders book that goes into depth on each of the thirty-four strengths. It says your world needs to be predictable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so what happens to about, that let's person? Think about real estate. So and then as an agent and then say your world needs to be predictable. Well, so or even not even as an agent. Well, right. We have operations transaction people coordinator, too. for example. But if you know that about yourself, then you can use that to better time block, mm-hmm. to remove distractions because you need predictability. You your, need the consistency. That, right. So your your predictability and your consistency might not be the chaos of the day of real estate, but it could be in, I am going to lead Jen between this time and this time every single day. I'm going to do this. And you can kind of have your discipline be based around those things so that when things do fly off the rails, you feel as though you have control over at least something. Mm-hmm. Well, so um, this one, I actually literally, I just opened the book and I remembered, I just remembered that somebody has this and I'm like, oh, I know how to use this. So communication is one of the strengths. And it says you like to explain, to describe, to host, to speak in public and to write. And I was like, you know what? I, I didn't. Talking about yourself? No, this one's not me. Oh. Um, the... I, I, I look at this and I'm like, well, this, you know how you can use this. First of all, this person is in sales. So obviously they have the opportunity to speak and educate and guide clients on a regular basis. But it's like, well, maybe if you're, if you like to speak in public and that's something that's a core strength, well, then maybe you look into lead generation activities like events and seminars and things like that. So really just find like, finding out what your strengths are and then trying to figure out how you can apply that to the job that you're doing to be more productive. Mm -hmm. So like one of the things for me, and this is why like I I do think that I struggle sometimes is one of my, my top strength is futuristic. And so I'm like, so I'm futuristic. Explain what that means. Well, now let me look, let me just pull it up and I'll tell you exactly what it means. (laughs) 
Um, you're the kind of person who says, wouldn't it be great if dot, dot, dot. And you're the kind of person who loves to peer over the horizon. The future fascinates you. I like to think about like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Didn't we say earlier in this podcast, and I know in other ones, that on Saturdays, Catherine likes to go out on the back porch and number crunch and come up with ideas and stuff. That's her Saturday morning with a cup of coffee, you know, as the sun's coming up is, is that's exactly what she does. Okay. So my second strength is ideation. You're fascinated by ideas. Mm. So here's the thing though, with those two, those two strengths, Mm. I don't, I'm not an implementer. Right. So what happens, what happens, Pat? We oh, I do a bunch of graphic design <laughs> and then it just sits in a folder on Drive somewhere. Because I'm like, oh, I got an idea. Yeah, or so, like we come up with an idea or, together. And, and we already said, what happens? What, what kind of a person am I? You give me something and it's like, I got to go do it. Right. Right now. I'm going to go do it right now. And so I do and I design it and it's all done. And then. So, but here's. here's doesn't get implemented. But here's. Well, here's the deal. So when you. That's not for everything, but by the way. No, I know. But it's just a joke that we have. Um, But you're, you're an implementer for me. I am. And. That's a big. I am very much an implementer. There's no doubt. But I'm not a real estate agent, so. Yeah. You know. Well, and so, so like Kayla, for example, um, Kayla's, uh, she's got focus and discipline are a couple of her strengths. And it's like, so I don't have focus. I could get distracted while we're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so having focus and discipline, that's another implementer. So knowing your strengths allows you to know what you need in the person that you're hiring too. Right. And so that's that's a great example of knowing that you're a futurist and you, that you are an idea person, but you aren't an implementer. We're looking to hire somebody in the near future as, a, as an assistant for Catherine. So one of the things that you should be looking for <laughs> as somebody who is going to be your personal kind of assistant is somebody who is an implementer yeah. who can take all of those things that you're like, Oh, th- I want to do this and this and this and this. And then say, they say, sure thing boss. And then go and put it together. Yeah. Right. That be, Cause that's, I'm, I can only do so much because I'm just a designer. So, but that you need somebody who has that kind of attitude towards career and life that they can, they just hear those things and say, sure thing. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and, but that's, that's, the only way that I know that is through studying myself and yeah. saying, like, I I thought I was like a to-do list kind of checkoff kind of person. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Because I do like checking off to-do lists. There's like a instant gratification when you put that little checkbox next to it. And when when the when push comes to shove, if I need to get stuff done, like if I have a day where I'm like, I gotta get caught up. I can put a list together and I can get it done. Sure, of course. You always have a really good day when you do that. <laughs> you do. You always say, oh, I did everything on my list today. Yes. But what are my actual strengths? Mm. It's not that. Mm-hmm. My actual strengths are thinking about a bunch of things that would be really cool if we could do, but I don't have time and I don't want to do them. <laughs> I don't want to actually do them. I just want to talk about it and tell someone else to go do it. <laughs> and I know that sounds really broad and stuff, but... Yeah, we're, we're speaking in broad terms. Yeah. But but that is the reality is like usually the um, if you if you want to be a team owner and a business builder and you want to have growth in an organization, 
you need to have some of those strengths of thinking about the future and ideas and that kind of stuff. And that's what makes you good in that role. But if you're so caught up in sales that you don't and doing and checking off tasks and those kinds of things that you don't have time to do what you're good at Mm -hmm. and your core strengths, then you'll struggle. And so that's where I've, I've felt like I've been in that sort of spot for a while is like, I have to get to a point where I can focus on my strengths too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and then my goal is to get everybody in their strength zone. So like that person that needs that predictability, well, whatever, I need to figure out how to get rid of the millions of distractions around them that are around them because that's not going to help them live in their strength zones. Right. So the, and also by you knowing your, well, I think I might've already said this, but by you knowing your strength zones, you also know where the weaknesses are. And if you know where the weaknesses are, then you know how to hire to fill those weaknesses with people who are strong with what you're weak at. But, and so all of this stuff is all kind of intertwined together. And, um, a lot of it seems common sense, but then at the same time, you really having it all listed out there, right? Like I could say, oh, I'm like, I'm that kind of a person. I'm sure people listening to this right now are going, oh yeah, that sounds like me. Oh yeah, that sounds like me. But Catherine thought she was a uh, uh, somebody who was a list checker offer, right? Well, and, and so who you think you are yeah, and who you actually are are two, could very easily be two totally different things. Well, and that's a really- And if you're struggling- then maybe this is the right, like a step that you could take that maybe this might help you. Well, and that's a the that's a good example of so the list list checker offer that that kind of a that kind of thing. I kind of think that's an achiever. So um, the achiever strength is like you you have a constant need for achievement. Well, that might sound like a lot of people, right? Like I like to achieve. I like to like have accomplishments and all those things. But it's not the core of my. Right. That's why that's why this strength finder thing isn't five things, five different groups that you fall into. It's not a BuzzFe- BuzzFeed quiz. Right. There's 34 well, different. Variations. Right. But it gives you the report gives you the top five. No, no I know that. Yeah. yeah. It gives you the top five. But I'm saying that it's not like, oh, you're one of these four people. Yeah, yeah. Which one of the friends are you? Like, it's not that, you know, it's like there's 34 specific different personality traits and then they narrow it down to the top five in order of where you're at. So it's, it's, it's a little bit more, um, it's, it's a lot more specific. Well, and I I think like on the achiever one, um, I don't, I don't care. So I like competition. I like, um, I like getting awards. I think everybody does, but it isn't what drives me like, right. If I have arbitrary goals, they're not arbitrary, but like right. sometimes if they If you hit feel... your goals and you get an award because you hit your goals, yeah. awesome. Yeah. But I'm not, st- you're not sitting out there going, see that award over there? I'm going to win that thing. Yeah. And I think that the achiever um, might need a little bit more recognition mm-hmm. and that might be why that didn't show up on my profile Right, is because I don't need recognition from anyone. And uh, reading my KPA, I also realized that I do not need recognition from anyone. I prefer to stay in, and like, and, be, and do, and, my, and do my thing my and way. And that can be a problem also as a team leader, the fact that you don't ever need any recognition it's really easy to just assume, well, everybody's like that and right. they're not. 
So, but if to, I I know my right. core strengths for people, then I know the people who, who have it. the achiever thing. They need they need to hear it yeah. and they need to see it. Yeah. And so, um, the I think it's a it's a really good thing to understand the people that you work around, um, and to to really figure out how to live in those strength zones the most of the day. Mm-hmm. That will lead to more productive work. And I'll let you know how that goes because that is like one of the things that I'm I'm working on. I'm trying to figure out how to like d- just because somebody says that so and so is supposed to um well, let's say like okay, if somebody's supposed to answer all the phones because that's on their job list, hmm. well, I can change the job duties at any time I want. If that doesn't work, if they're better suited to doing other things. Mm-hmm that are on that job list, except for that one thing. Well, I just move that to somebody else's job yeah. that would do better at it. Yeah. It, you don't have to have this rigid. We're not locked into a rigid situation. I think as the team grows, then you find the right people for the right job. As you're hiring them, you see where the holes are and the pockets are and stuff like that. But when you're, when you're trying to run a whole organization with eight people versus 30, it's like, then yeah, you're going to have to, other people are going to have to lift certain areas in order for you to well and i um i think i i've seen this in some other teams like the general mrea model the millionaire real estate agent model is that you as the team owner um as you hire people you become the lead listing specialist and that's one of the last things that you kind of give away Mm -hmm. before you're at a ceo level and everybody else like you're you're basically running the whole thing and you're not in sales right um, however, I know teams where the lead listing specialist was hired mm-hmm. and the team owner is actually the lead buyer specialist because that's what they're really good at. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, you don't have to follow things to a T if you realize that, Hey, I would, I'm actually like, I have, I've been doing this for a long time so I can do it all. And I'm actually best at this. Mm-hmm. And so how do I stay in my strength zones by doing this job? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely, it's not written in stone. There's there's definitely a flow that you can kind of figure out exactly where you where your strengths are and where you should stand, and then your business will kind of uh, be built around that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what I say. Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Questions from... Question from the web. Okay, so I've got a couple questions here. I'm a fairly new real estate agent with about eight months in the business. I'm progressively gaining more business, but I am still struggling financially. I've noticed that I have free time where I am struggling to find things to do. I know prospecting should be the number one priority, but I'm unable to think of any zero slash low cost methods. I have plenty of time and I'm willing to work as much as possible to be successful, but I just don't know what I should be doing. Would it be a good idea to get a side gig? Maybe one that would allow me to prospect while also making money. Should I join a team or should I just focus on prospecting? And, and if I do what form I, I know that this has probably been asked a million times, but I'll follow any advice you guys could give me with complete dedication. 
Okay. Well, I don't believe that, but <laughs> um, low or no cost lead gen uh, call expired. Speeder, call, maybe. call for sale by owners. Build a 200 person list of people that you know and call all of them. Do open houses every single weekend. Do them two, two every weekend. That those are all the top, like some of the top lead sources in real estate and they're all free. Right. The list for first sale by owners and expireds you might have to pay for, but you usually can find, like go drive around, look for signs, call the Fizbos. Yeah. All free. Don't go get a side gig. Um, no, that's, because that, that's, don't, that's, I mean, if you can afford it, don't, don't go do join that. a networking group and yeah. call those people. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't try to get a part-time job because that's gonna, that you're, you're, you made it, you're in real estate. Don't walk backwards into a part-time because you'll never, you'll, you will it'll always, one of them will always be part-time. If you, if you're not going to do a full career. Well, if, if you're part-time in one job, you're part-time in real estate as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And maybe a team would be a good idea. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, 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 I mean, it's like teams are good. Catherine's got one. Those, (laughs) (laughs) if if you're in Orlando, you know, we're hiring. (laughs) Um, But but teams are good. It's like her, she's got agents that cap in their first year. It's like they, it's like who have no experience and learn. You learn what to do. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think that is one of the biggest things where, you wake up and you're like, I'm not sure what to do. And even on a team, sometimes I think that that happens, but at least with a team, there are, there are people to help guide you, to give you, here's, here's what to do, but you have to, I'm just going to say this one thing. You have to know that when you join a team, there, there are teams out there that will just immediately start giving you leads, but a lot of teams make you grow into that as my, one of my previous coaches said that like, I'm going to let you make mistakes on your people first (laughs) and then you'll have the opportunity to talk to people on our behalf. So like usually is for closers. You You don't get the good leads until you show me you can close your own friends. Right. So you start with build the list of people that you know, those are the people that are most likely to refer you because they just, you don't have to have experience and they already trust you. Everybody else has to have, like they need to trust either you or some established name before they're going to start working with you. So you, you know, go out, build that list, build it to 200. Think about all the people that you know and all the people that your spouse knows and your kids, school teachers and everybody that you've ever interacted with. (laughs) And call all of them and say, go listen to our sphere episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's do one more question. Okay. Kind of ended early. Okay. I'm a new agent. I got my license four months ago. I've had, quote, friends reach, reach out telling me they want to use me as their agent. A couple weeks later, the next thing I see is they're posting on Facebook that they bought a house from a completely different realtor. It definitely hurts because I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. I've followed up many times with them and have even considered and have even considered them friends. I feel like no one trusts me because I'm new. How do I how do I go about this? It's hard to be nice after seeing they use a different agent. Wait, they they contacted them about buying a home and then I they- think so. I think it's like um like you know, I'm just became an agent. Oh, great. We'll use you when we when we need to buy a house and then all of a sudden she sees or he sees on Facebook that they bought a house through somebody else. Now, what do I do? Congratulations. Thanks for not using me. Well, or how, what do you do and how do you like it's hard, like the last thing it said is like 
and also I feel like no one trusts me because I'm new. How do I go about this? It's hard to be nice after seeing they used a different realtor. I feel like, okay, I'm about to answer this question. And I feel like if anybody reads the magazine real simple, there's like an etiquette section in there. And uh, so the woman's always telling people how to deal with their mother-in-laws and like all the difficult situations. And keep your mouth shut. And, um, <laughs> is the answer to everything. <laughs> um, no, sometimes it's to speak up but in a tactful way. Depends on what it is. Um, I know we said this in one other episode, but like, what do you want the outcome to be? Mm-hmm. Like, are the if these are friends of yours, would you congratulate your friends on buying a house? Sure. Um, would I say something? I don't think. I don't know. I'm trying they to. They will probably say something to you. They'll probably if apologize. you if you go and congratulate them, they will probably say, "Oh, I'm so sorry we didn't end up using you. Yeah. It turned out that so and so's brother was an agent too, and or we felt we, obligated." We just use the agent at the house because you are new and you didn't know what to say. And to well, bring no them one in. would say that. But well, that. no, I just mean like no uh, people would say we if you talk to them that we just we use the the well, listing agent well People yeah they'll tell that. you whatever happened yeah yeah that's but what, then that's if that's mean. what you need like you need to have that like i need to know what happened i need to know if they don't trust me or whatever um then go and congratulate them because yeah. they'll end up telling you what happened i don't think it's that they didn't trust you no, no no i don't think that's the reason i think the reason is is you weren't in their mind even though they knew you were a real estate agent. How many times, Catherine, in your early career, did you say, well, they know I'm a realtor. And then they go and buy a house with somebody else. Well, that is like a common misconception that you think because you have put it on Facebook once that everybody knows that you're in real estate. So they're going to call you when they need need you. And that's just not how it works. That's why there's touch programs and you have to talk to people X number of times per year for them to think of you when they think of real estate. But the other reality is that there are a lot of real estate agents out there and people, what happens is if somebody said to you, um, oh, cool, you got your license. We're thinking about buying a house. What do you do? You get an appointment with them immediately because what probably happened is they probably either already knew someone else and that person reached out and realized they wanted to buy a house and set an appointment. They went to an open house randomly. Or they did and you didn't have a consultation with them to tell them how to do things and what yeah, to, what this, was going to happen. Chalk this up to having your license for four months and, um, and just being inexperienced but you just have to keep pushing. Well, and and keep, just keep doing it because it's it's uh those are those are those are small mistakes and you don't have the structure in place yet to be able to do the follow-up that you probably should be doing with all of these people that you know. Well, That's and, what you and need to be I've said on. this before but um uh there there are people that I know that have had family members or friends get their license and I don't remove them from my database <laughs> Yeah, no. because oftentimes that other person that they knew or was their family member gets out of the business by the time they actually have a need. Yeah. So these people just bought a house. Great. Maybe you can help them when they need to sell it in five to seven years yeah. because, because the person who helped them buy probably won't still be here. Right. They probably won't. And if they are, they probably won't be keeping in touch. Yeah. That's why it's so important. Once so, again, so you could burn, yeah. you could burn the bridge and just be like, well, they must not be my friends because they didn't use me. Or you could go and say, congratulations, you guys. I'm so happy for you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what you do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
small win. Kayla, you got a small win? <laughs> oh, Kayla's not here. <laughs> Catherine. Um, I I listed a new property uh the other day and it's coming on the market, I think tomorrow or the next I'm taking day. photos tomorrow. Yeah, you're taking photos tomorrow and, and we listed it's a condo. We listed the exact same condo building. Like yeah. it's a very unique, special place. One year ago today. Today, um, so I I don't know if that's a small win, but I thought it was kind of funny. It's just an interesting little thing. It's it not. It's not just a. Uh, it's there's very very small number of apartments. Oh yeah, there's not a lot of units. It's very it's like small number of units. So. Eighteen units, yeah. and it's like a cool industrial kind of warehouse kind of thing. And uh, apparently, I'm the expert and the, <laughs> you're, you're the expert of the 18. Now I've condos. sold uh, what is this 10% market share? Mm-hmm. Well, and I sold that one before, so I have to look at the market share on this. You might, you <laughs> might be. That dog is ready to go. And uh, do I have a small win this week? I don't think I have a small win this week. What did I do this week? What did you do this week? I feel like all I did was clean this house. You did a lot of cleaning, so thank you. Yeah, I just we had we've got some we 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 finished the big project of the paint and staying outside. So I and the so you took some time off. Well, because yeah, because they we we did all that construction on the outside, and then as soon as they were done, like the next day, the painter showed up. Yeah. So we've had people like in our backyard basically for six months, every single day. So I spent this past week kind of straightening and putting everything back where it belongs and stuff and everything's all clean and some other work stuff well yeah of course (laughs) of course hey guys remember to rate and review us on itunes it really helps new listeners to find us you can also send questions letters and stories to us at our website on seekingthebest.com you can leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show send us a tweet at seek the best pod and for cat and myself thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week bye adios This has been a Think Live Be production.